Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you late Saturday night, November 6th, following the Dallas Mavericks defeating the Boston Celtics 107 to 104. Josh, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I think our mood is considerably different on the whims of one Luca shot. So I appreciate uh, Luca for being Luca. I am too. I am too. And so this was kind of. Um... I wrote about this, and this goes beyond the fact that they won. So Luka won on a game winner, and if you missed it, you're under a rock. So we'll come back <laughs> to that a little bit later. But the Mavericks led this game wire to wire, with the one exception of Marcus Smart hit a garbage three-point shot at the 212 mark in the fourth to give the the Celtics a 104-102 lead. Kristaps Porzingis uh, offensive tip dun- or, uh, got an offensive rebound and tip dunk to Jalen Brunson three-pointer at the 139 mark. So the Mavericks were literally only behind in this game, if I'm doing my math right, 433 seconds. Um, that's the only time they trailed. And so this was, for me, for my you know, where I've been coming from when, as we've been podcasting, this was the, the first game that I felt like they were in control or at least playing an extremely confident brand of basketball for the majority of the game. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, this is definitely the, definitely the longest. I mean, that was easily the best first half they've played all season, like not even close. Maybe the First half against the Kings game uh, was pretty good, but sure. okay, uh, yeah, Luca did look good in the first half there. I don't, I just, I maybe it's my brain not taking the Kings seriously, which is yeah, a yeah. mistake. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, this for me, it's it's difficult because as good as the first half was, the second half was it was just kind of mere, and it's really, you know, I don't want to be a bummer, but it is it is disappointing that the Mavericks had to win this game on a, on a buzzer beater because I was really hoping. Like the first half, I was like, man, this is it. They're finally going to get like a nice, comfortable game where they, you know, drama free game where they look good from start to finish and no one has any real complaints. And no one's really going to have any complaints because when Luca makes a buzzer beater, everyone's happy and they should be happy. Like that was freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's just, you know, there's just a part of my brain. Like the fan part of me is obviously very excited and happy and, and running around the house and all that stuff. But then like, the other part of my brain that, that wants to analyze and, and look at things is like well well let's kinda, let's walk through sucks. it then let's let's walk through it then because the first half of the game was and and this really was the entire first half they executed in a way that we have not seen them execute maybe the Kings game the entire year where both where all five starters and then the bench players looked like they knew what their role was within the offense. You know, some of this is really aided by the fact that Dorian Finney-Smith hit a pair of early threes, which he has been so dog shit from distance that teams weren't guarding him. And again, he wasn't guarded by the Celtics. But those threes sort of, they take the edge off with what's happening, where Luca I think, tends to feel a little more confident in passing. And then, you know, Chris Dapps um, attacked the rim, like used his height and played tall. Uh, and so there's just enough things that were working in the first half. And then what happened in the second half, at least particularly in the, those that like six minute stretch to start the third quarter is the shots weren't falling. And then guys became really confused about where to go within sets. Like there were some awful, ugly decisions in that five or six minute stretch. And 
to me, that's more of those guys not playing together for a while. Um, is part what of it. Mean? These guys have played together for three years. Well, that, but, but the season, it's been the five. Yeah, no, no, it's no. been I'm, five games. I know. This is what I was I'm, thinking about. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But then they kind of got their bearings mm-hmm. again because mm-hmm. Brunson is good. Um, and they they just sort of battled. They just sort of battled it out the rest of the way. The Celtics really kept coming. And the Mavericks had an answer just enough. I don't want to say every time because that's misleading, but but they they answered enough to where it gave the, them an opportunity to win the game. Yeah, there was a the in the third quarter. I thought. I mean, I thought in third quarter they were going to give the whole lead away, uh, and the fact that they were able to build it back up to a seven point lead entering the fourth quarter, that that was encouraging. And I, what I was really hoping was they would take that seven point lead and turn it into a. 12 13 14 point win uh but you know they weren't able to and they had to kind of you know crawl over the finish line to win uh this is going to be really funny because they're now what they're six and three and their point differential is still going to be in the in the, in the toilet <laughs> uh, so I, I hope they keep doing that i hope the mavericks are like 20 and 11 with like the <laughs> 10th worst point differential uh, in the Western conference. Like that'd be really funny, but um, there were some things that, you know, that were good in the second half, particularly uh, they finally played Kristaps at center for extended Mm -hmm. minutes. And I think that really helped unstick the offense that kind of got grounded up a bit in the third quarter. Uh, Guys finally started making some shots with Kristaps at center who knew um Kristaps got to the free throw line eight times which I don't think he can do if he's playing all of his minutes next to Dwight Powell he did that Um, one time last year one time and I mean we were laughing one of his jumper like he got bailed out on a call with a really shitty elbow jumper which I mean he he, he kind of fell ass backwards into this game because he did have some wild possessions but but I don't care because I saw well I mean I do care but he was doing with with the weird shit that is his forte. He was also doing stuff like attacking the offensive glass, and right. that <laughs> made you know. It's like in my notes, I, I really like. I was really and, and longtime listeners will understand this. For for people who read and kind of come to our site, like I try, I'm trying not to kill him in print quite so often. He does. He he just doesn't have feel for basketball, like when it comes to like offensive sets, like when it's kind of a, like a free for all, he's still like, he just uses his height and his athleticism and he does interesting, good things pretty often. I mean, his offensive rebound to get one of the, the, one of the Reggie bullet corner threes was huge. Oh um, yeah. His, that was the backbreaker. His tip That's dunk from, uh, cause he, he, Luca got hammered on a double team mm-hmm. found Porzingis with kind of a, a lead balloon of a pass Porzingis took a dribble, passed out to the corner for Brunson. He got fouled on the pass. He did, in my opinion. Brunson misses an open three, and Porzingis tips, tip dunks it in to tie the game. Like, he did a lot of things that that he just using his raw physical attributes and sort of, like, going to the right place at the right time, where I don't know, like, Dwight Powell wouldn't have done some of that stuff because Powell can't do it anymore. Um, and I just, I don't know, I was, I, I was delighted to see him play despite rolling my eyes at least five times with some of the stuff that he did if that makes any sense it does i mean in the first half we were looking at him having like one of those yeah he he had six points yeah he we were looking at one of those games where he has eight points on on what like four of 18 shoot you know like one of those really one of the games he's been playing frankly up until he went out with with a back injury so i think it's credit to him 
for finding a way to to be productive and getting to 21 points without making a three. And to his credit, he only took three. He probably, you know, he needs to take more, but coming back from back, you know, a back injury, you know, he's, his jumper just looked, looked terrible uh, for the most part. He had a couple of a good that mates, three but... he took. That was just like that 40 footer that like, yeah. the ring. like I'm glad that wasn't the last shot for him. Cause we would have murked him for taking <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. So the fact like that part of his game obviously wasn't going to be there for him and that's normal after such a long layoff. So the mm-hmm. fact that he was able to, to find his way to shoot 50% from the field and you know what he was, Oh, for three on threes with seven of 13 from the field. So, you know, he shot very positively from two point range and he had four offensive rebounds. Uh, the Mavericks had seven total offensive rebounds. So that's, you know, great for him. And I, I feel like every time we feel pretty happy about a Persingas game or, or at least like satisfied, he usually has like three or four or five offensive rebounds. Like, I don't know what it is, but that's like, that's like the thing that just kind of like unlocks him having like a good or or, or somewhat productive game. Uh, maybe it just means like that's the energy level that's translating to other parts of his game. Uh, but that was nice. Um, and, and yeah, you know the the five out was was good to see. They really haven't played it too much. Uh, and when you're, I feel like if you know with teams are going to get so brazen with double teaming Luca because I mean this roster is what it is like the book has been written on on a lot of these guys uh you know why wouldn't you double luca like the celtics did uh the five at least when Kristaps is at the five you're giving yourself a chance to do something instead of you know potentially making matters worse because man when when powell was in there and Kristaps was in there and the celtics were doubling and you had powell kind of release valving near the free throw line and Lucas it's an awful he makes yeah. like Powell Powell just gets it's, hot potato I, yeah. I he does not make the right play most of the time whereas Porzingis I think if you give him a single read option he's going to be fine right. and when you're playing three on two he can see the open guy he's he's not a moron Powell gets the ball and he's like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck and and it just I don't know I feel bad like putting Powell as the role man like where he catches the ball at the free throw line is just terrible. Porzingis yeah. can do multiple things when he does that. Yeah, and and then so like that looked much better. And then of course you've got guys standing outside the three point line, and and Bullock I think had a late three pointer in the fourth quarter, which was nice. Uh, it was nice to see Brunson close the game after mm. not, you know after not getting removed from the starting lineup. I think everyone kind of raised an eyebrow because we. These last two games, we're like, wait, I mean, that seemed talk to, be to me about the closing lineup because yeah. I was kind of writing and I wasn't, I, I didn't notice it until after the fact that Dorian just wasn't out there. Yeah, it was Brunson, uh, Brunson, Luca, THJ, Bullock, and Kristaps. And I think Dorian Bullock subbed in for Dorian, uh, like, like the three or four minute mark. I don't have the exact number, but it was somewhere around there. So they closed without. Dorian and they closed with Bullock and I think it made a difference. Uh, I think Bullock made a late three, you know, he didn't shoot better than, you know, he was three of eight from three. Uh, But you just see like Bullock played 26 minutes and scored 13 points and Dorian played 30 minutes and scored nine points and And missed some really bad shots as the guy. Like he was three of five, which is good, but his miss is late. He's just processing, and I think he'll he'll swing around. But, yeah, but that it's just not his thing. Like, how many games have we seen from Dorian where you know, despite all the good things he does, you know, he he'll play thirty seven minutes and somehow score less than ten points, and like at a certain point, 
all that other stuff you do mm-hmm. is irrelevant when the point of the game is to put the ball through the hoop. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think yeah, that made like a big the, difference. The, the one offensive rebound on a key possession is kind of over, like when over enough possessions – it matters less than Bullock's willingness to kind of take the open three. And frankly, like I was crushing Bullock in our slack. Bullock missed three wide open shots. Like that game shouldn't have been that close. And I think given enough opportunity, he's going to hit that more often than not. And maybe we're not talking about three point wins. Right. And that's, what's so frustrating. We just keep waiting for the Maverick. Like can the Mavericks just cruise to a comfortable win in the fourth quarter? Uh, that's like the next step like that we need to see from this team uh, because like they're winning close, they're winning close, ugly games. That's great. Uh, they haven't been able to be competitive against like really good teams. So that's another thing we need to look at, but you know, they still get the win. And, you know, like I think we've said this a bunch, like it's better to be figuring this out at six and three than, than something. Well, you want to know something like we're not even talking about the fact that Tim Hardaway had a pretty bad game and we don't, the Mavericks don't a pretty bad week. He's in, well, the Mavericks don't survive Tim Hardaway games that are bad in the past. Like, he's basically right. the bellwether, and he's played two bad games in a row, and they've won both games. And and to me, that bodes very well. Um, one thing we didn't talk about, and I'm sorry, just like Twitter just spurned this on me. We really need to thank um, Marcus Smart for giving – Holy like, shit. Like, that dude is dumb with that foul to end the – like. And from him, too, like he's a good, you know, like that's such an uncharacteristic type play from him. So for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, let me pull up the the minutes so I can absolutely get this correct. He uh, fouled Luka Doncic with 11.4 seconds left. So the Mavericks had the ball. And I don't, there was a, there was a differentiation between shot clock and game clock. There was six seconds on the shot clock. So by fouling at that point, it resets the shot clock to 14 seconds. Well, that's more than there was game clock. So it effectively turned the shot clock off and gave the Mavericks the final shot. And then Luca just did what he did, which was, but like he had three guys on him. Like that was disgusting. <laughs> I just, it took me a while to process that it, that it happened that way. So I was just like, huh? And it was just amazing. But, but thank you, Marcus Smart for that. Oh, um, really, really, really nice. I'm um, trying to think. I got off track there just because I really wanted to talk about that. So now we're on to um, trying to think, is there anything else that we really, really want to highlight and praise? Because it's it's one of the things we talked about against the Spurs. And then I talked about this with Matt Moore yesterday is that I think the, the Mavericks goal should be to make it through the rest of this month, just playing 500 basketball as they figure out what they need to figure out. Um, he and I made a really key distinction to where, in these previous games, it doesn't look like they're enjoying having playing basketball with one another. Now, that's not to say that they dislike each other. Do not make that mistake. It's just like the on-court play is so choppy that it doesn't look like they're having fun. And I will say today was the game where I felt like they look like they had fun. Is that an overreaction? No, I mean it helps make you know making shots. I'm sure these guys yeah. were pissed off at themselves. But they still didn't even make that them. many shots, though. That's that was like they, they only <laughs> shot thirty-three percent from three. I know we're still waiting for the blow-up game. And man, what were they? They must have been. I wonder what they shot quarters two through four because mm-hmm. first, first quarter, quarter they're on fire. Yeah, I can probably look that up. I mean, first quarter they were well. We. The uh, I test lies. Uh, they were three of nine from three in the first quarter. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so well, what does that say? Second half, they were uh, six of 20 from three. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, just, I guess it, they had a really hot, what, five minutes, I guess. And then from the rest of the game, well, they kind of cooled off. Did we talk about how things went to hell in a handbasket? We talked about yeah. the closing quarter, but did we talk about that stretch probably yeah. from like nine minutes in the fourth till about three minutes in the fourth? Yeah, I mean, I'm was... trying to remember because I just like I wrote. Now we're podcasting. <laughs> yeah, you know, we talked about the third quarter and we talked about how Dwight Powell was the uh, not should not be the release valve. But it's even not. It's not even that. Like Kid had Luca in is the only ball handling. There was yeah. a period. There was a possession where Dorian Finney-Smith took the ball up the court, and <laughs> that is crazy. And it's not on Dorian per se. It's more of a, a how we've been talking about the for a long time. We talked about how the Mavericks need a secondary playmaker. Let's just amend that now to say that I think the Mavericks need more ball handlers, like some more playmakers. Dribble. Period. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like that's what's going to happen. I think that the 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 book on Luca is going to be because while he looks the way he looks, and again, nobody really likes this discussion, but I don't really care. He's not in the best physical fitness. I'm sorry, it didn't matter tonight. But the goal right now is to try to make him tired, and until he gets to the point to where it it you know, and he will, as, as is talk likes to say, he will figure this out, but until he, until he gets to the point to where he's no longer looking winded and looking tired, the, the he's going to face a lot of full court pressure, which means the Mavericks need to have secondary release valves to help take the ball to the court. Yeah. And I think the tough part is like, you're thinking, man, where's Brunson? Like he needs to be playing with Luca right now. I mean, Brunson still played 35 minutes. So it's like, it it's like if either of those two guys aren't sharing the floor at the same time, you know, they can't play all 48 minutes together and they can't play all 35 minutes or 30, you know, however many game minutes they play in a game together. So it might be one of those things where they just have to grin and take it during the, you know, I don't know if they can juggle the minutes to where those guys are playing together enough while also separating them so that, you know, one of them is always on the floor at the same time. Like it's, it's really difficult because they're the only two, and uh, you know, may, you know, I don't know if the answer is more Frank Milikina minutes, even though you know he did okay in his thirteen minutes tonight. But that's the problem, you know. That's why, even if you think like someone like Goran Dragic is not the same player he was, let's say even two years ago, just having if he can just if the Mavericks can somehow find a way to get him on this roster and just have another guy that can play. 15 minutes of handling the ball like that's just kind of what they need right now like they need bigger things obviously but just to get through the season without Brunson and Luca's legs falling off I feel like they just need one yes. more guy off the bench that can just spell them uh so that they, it's not all on them that's a that's a good way to describe it it's not that they they need it's just you just need it for the longevity of the season yeah. um trying to think if like there's there's anything else I I, I thought the road you know there's a cool stretch um, from the second quarter into the first quarter. Like Luca went out after kind of his first eight minutes and then didn't go back in until the mid mid midway through point of the second quarter, which getting him um, minutes over the, like just basically saving his legs. I think he only played 30 he, only like 35 to 36 is about what I think he ought to be playing where you get up into the 38, 39, if you're doing that. And 35 you know, is good for, you know, mm-hmm. a close buzzer beating win, you know, right. like. It, right. So that means he was on the bench for 13 minutes of this game, which is, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's, and the season's long. You got to, you got to get, get some of these in there. So, yeah. 
Um, well, we got also, a nice Wii. Go ahead. I guess the only thing else to say is that uh, there will never be another game ending shot. And for as long as Luca is a Dallas Maverick, then fading contested left wing three pointer. Mm. Uh, but mm. it keeps working. So I guess just keep going to that well. Right. Uh, they knew he was happening too. That's my favorite part. Three guys like, at him. Right. Like at that, at a certain point, your best bet is to foul him yeah, because he so. can't hit free throws. And you'll get um, the ball back. <laughs> All right, so looking ahead for everybody, we have, we just have a lovely two-week stretch coming up. <laughs> um, no back-to-backs. They play New Orleans Monday, Bulls Wednesday, Spurs again Friday, and then they don't play Saturday or Sunday. And so for you and I, that means plenty of time to watch basketball, take a breath process, watch basketball again, rinse and repeat. It's going to be nice. Yeah, I like so, that. No, I do too. no back to I – mean, I mean – Watching this team on a back-to-back is painful, so the less sure. of the better. Sure. I mean, the next back-to-back they play, this is me just, you know, is is not until early December. Like, they don't play a back-to-back for a oh, month. Yeah. Unless I can't read the schedule properly, which is entirely possible. <laughs> um, all right, guys. So, as always, come to our site. We wrote a lot of things for a Saturday. So, if you haven't <laughs> been to Mavs Moneyball, uh, stop in and kind of scroll through the page. Click around. We did an early season report card, which, after this win, might look a little bit goofy, um, particularly since they are now, what are they here? The standings. And this is before certain games end. But they're firmly in the third-place spot which is hilarious. They have a one game lead over the Suns and the Lakers are farting around tonight. Um, The Lakers might lose to the trailblazers. Um, They're down by 15 at half. The Lakers were only able to score 36 points in the first half. So um, that's amazing. And yeah, so it's, it's, this is just, it's an interesting time of year to notch up wins. So, so we should enjoy these while we can. Do you got anything else before we head on out? Nah, let's just uh, take it. Enjoy watching that that uh, highlight on YouTube 80 times before you go mm. to sleep tonight, if you're listening mm-hmm. to the pod tonight. And we'll talk to you next time. Kirk and Josh, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Please subscribe, visit our site, tell your friends. Everybody have a great Sunday.